1: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? <laughs> of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink.
0: And right now, a small Minute made slushy is just $1.59. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
1: Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? <laughs> of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink, it's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink.
0: And right now, a small Minute Maid slushy is just one fifty nine. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
2: You're about the same. So the question it would be is, You know, if he came back, would he be the same? Or how long would it take to get to that level?
3: Well, I mean, there's never been a better time to be a part-timer in WWE. I mean, Brock Lesnar's WWE champion. He wrestles once every quarter. He can take as much time as he wants to come back.
2: There it is, your main event for WrestleMania: Seth Rollins versus CM Punk. Yay, and the crowd's going to eat it up.
3: Okay, now I'm going to be one of those the shit on here. happens. Oh. <laughs> easy, easy. We're on the network again. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Eddie. We're back on the network. <laughs> first, it's all
1: right. The unedited version will be on your network.
3: <laughs> the first five minutes we're in here, and damn it. <laughs> damn yo, Brian. God, you know the bad part is when,
2: when we do it with, with, without Eddie, I don't hardly ever do it. And here it is. As soon as Eddie, as soon as we're back with Eddie, it takes me five minutes.
3: <laughs> you know, he's he's actually right, Eddie. Like, so we've been, uh, of course, all of our wonderful listeners over on Speaker and C Two C Radio Show dot com. We've been doing that for about uh, about three months, and it's been very successful for us. But at the same time, the funniest part is uh, <laughs> Brian hardly cusses at all. Then all we right. get back here, and oh,
1: Well, I just got I've one. Been- Well, Brian, this one's for you.
3: You just made the list. (laughs) That's fantastic.
2: You know know me and the FCC. I'm not going to let them keep me down.
1: (laughs) Fight the power. Kill Whitey.
3: (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Damn it. It's too early for that segment. I wasn't headed down that road, but you did it. You did it. You forced us. And now Super ACH is coming after us. You see, this is what happens when you go down those uncomfortable roads.
1: Well, it's kind of like CM Punk said on when he made his appearance Tuesday night.
3: So, it's
1: as simple as this. Just when they think they got the answers, I change
3: the culture. Wow. Now, you know what? That's actually a nice return back into that segment. Nicely done. He said, really? no, we're going to do so, the end around back into it.
2: So forget that Piper did something. Oh, so very, very similar first.
3: Yeah, just when they think they have all the answers, I change the questions. All the questions. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, And I'm cool with that, and, and Brian mentioned it, so let's, let's stick with this for another couple of minutes here. Brian mentioned it, Seth Rollins and CM Punk, you know, as his prediction. First off, yeah, I'm that wrestling fan that's like, dude, that could be a great match. Could be. I'd really like it. But then he followed it up with what could probably happen even more likely. <laughs> that's... You know, two weeks before WrestleMania and suddenly your fans have no interest in either guy because you got so many other hotter and more uh, popular, I guess, is the better word. So I don't
2: think it wouldn't be like main event and could possibly be the main event to be all and end all. However, we're not dealing with the attitude error WWE. Mm Mm-hmm. We're dealing with the current product. And that's where I think they're just going to take the big old proverbial emoji and. <laughs> Not the dookie. Yeah, and the fanboys are going to be all behind it until it starts. And then, yeah.
3: Do you think they would do like they did with uh, Nakamura and AJ?
2: Oh, yeah. I could very easily see them being, oh, yeah. My. Kick him in the willies. That's yeah. going to be fantastic. <laughs>
3: Jesus. Seth wins by a kick in the nuts.
2: <laughs> That's going to be the greatest ending to a WrestleMania main event ever.
3: Well, Do it now, again. <laughs> WrestleMania's got what? 12 main events. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, I mean, it's, again, we're not dealing with what used to be. We're dealing with what is currently, uh, you know. Here,
3: I, I do want to see where Seth Rollins just runs <clears throat> Not Seth Rollins, CM Punk runs Seth Rollins no. into the ground For how much he gets booed during his segments So this past Monday what I did catch and, and not uncommon, anytime WWE has a taped Raw I instantly lose interest It's just not my thing, I can't get into it um, It's kind of like, what
1: was that emoji you said a minute ago?
3: The poop emoji? The poopy emoji. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> well that you know what? If it's a if it's a taped version of raw, yes, so we can delete that. Delete it. Um <laughs> I feel like with Seth Rollins, they're they're not doing this guy any favors because what did they do this past Monday? They took a segment where Seth is just being firmly booed out of the building. And they through the wonders of uh, editing, they piped in cheers so that it didn't sound why it is bad. Now, granted, it wasn't like overwhelmingly like burn it down chants, but I'm like, just let it be what it is, man. They don't like them. They don't like them. Who cares? You, it, but this is the same company that, you know, oh, Vince loves Roman Reigns, and what did he do? He piped in Roman Reigns chants and Roman Reigns cheers. He did it for God only knows how long he's done it.
2: Well, yeah, but um, the problem is, is this is – um, you know, supposed to be one of your biggest uh, good guys, right?
3: Right. Faces. One of the top guys, yeah.
2: Yeah, and he's getting booed. Oh, you can't have that, can you? I mean, especially when he goes out there and talks crap about, you know, one of the biggest names in the industry. And now all of a sudden he's getting booed you know you,
3: you wonder if there's a direct correlation there if if his commentary about uh, Kenny Omega being in which is a hu- huge horrible thing to say by saying Kenny Omega's in the in the little in the bush leagues the minor leagues and any time he wants to come up to WWE to play with the big boys it's like well, well all right you know if this is uh, 2010 and we're talking about impact at that time okay i hear you even Ring of Honor at that point, but no, no, no. (laughs) The cons are playing with serious money, and right now they're eating WWE's lunch. I don't know that I'd want to say those kinds of things, because it's the in thing to do right now to jump all in, so to speak, with AEW, and that's what a lot of fans are doing. Now, I say that uh, somewhat with a tongue firmly planted in my cheek, because we're still seeing the same 1.6 million viewers on Wednesdays, just choose to watch AEW more than they choose to watch NXT. So AEW is winning. Don't get me wrong. It, that That's still happening. Seven weeks in now, and AEW is still firmly in control of Wednesday nights. I think the closest it's been was last week, and it was 890 to 860 or something like that. So it's been close once out of seven weeks we're a long way from the finish line but if you're sitting in that uh uncomfortable position that WWE is sitting in right now where you're not the popular guy right now you're not the mainstream everybody loves you right now because while your stock prices are kind of they're not they're not tanking but they're kind of plateaued right now your interest level is waning on your on your weekly shows. SmackDown continues to draw just about 2 million viewers. Monday Night Raw, right around the same. And Smackdown's, SmackDown and Raw is now embroiled heavily in a feud with NXT, and that hasn't done really anything to spike ratings on any of the not one or two, but now three shows. Yeah, but don't know if I'd want to be the guy making fun of the guys in AEW
2: right now. I mean, again, NXT was for that niche WWE audience. Right. Right? And guess what you've done? You've now crossbred some of the stuff you put on Raw and SmackDown, and you brought it to NXT and vice versa. Whereas the first week it might have been cool, but at the end of the day, It's still the people that you don't want to watch on Raw or SmackDown. And now you're bringing them to NXT, so it's not not like it's going to help you any.
3: One of the biggest challenges I thought would always happen for NXT, which is the same thing that's happened for companies like Evolve, Ring of Honor, um... Flow Slam, which which was heavily involved with multiple smaller companies like Full Impact Pro. Um, One of the biggest challenges they face is that when they get to a televised level, and when when I say televised, I mean higher than just your streaming service, higher than just what's going to reach your niche audience. It's who are these guys? See, AEW has the benefit because while you've got guys like Kenny Omega who the internet knows all about and now the public is learning all about they also have the advantage of taking key pieces of different puzzles that people recognize like the Young Bucks they're known all over the world mostly for what they've done with the you know, with uh, damn it, what's the one in California? Gorilla, Pro Wrestling Gorilla, but also what they did in Japan but you also have guys smattered in there like Cody and Dustin and Moxley and Sean Spears. You've got the right dynamic, the right mix so that people recognize it so it's more than just a niche audience. It's just they're having trouble getting over that that uh, hump. I think they will but those smaller companies and NXT to me falls in there. They can't get past here because people just don't and this is not a put down of any of the people wrestling in NXT, but they just don't recognize these people. They don't have an emotionally vested interest in watching NXT. And, Stan? yes, sir.
1: And the average wrestling fan has that connection with Riho. Uh
3: having seen her perform live. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, but right, so. there that's a totally different breed of fan though that's watching AEW right
1: not always. It's a disenchant it, it, Look, okay, I got to do this. A lot of the people who are watching AEW right now are those who genuinely feel disenfranchised. The fall of WCW, the dilution and the sterilization of WWE, the fact that Ring of Honor can't get into a number of major markets. Impact has had more facelifts than half of Hollywood combined. Now they're finally on access and looking very good. But so many people said, oh, Impact, it'll be gone in five more days. But then, and also same thing with MLW. Who the hell is that? Oh, wait, MJF is there? Okay, big difference. But you've got so many people who are turning to AEW who used to watch in my age bracket, those who were watching in the Attitude Era, in the Monday Night Wars, who remember when Hulk Hogan was the biggest thing going in the world today and survived the Rock and Stone cult. But yet, you're looking at AEW, and it's like, okay, we've got a Japanese women's tag team match that maybe 5% of the viewing audience is going to know who the heck any of these are, or maybe one out of the four. And then they're devoting so much time to obscure names, trying to help build that, there you go, emotional connection. But in the meantime, it's like we're giving that a shot. But sooner or later, the honeymoon is going to be over. And I hate to say it with the attention span of the average wrestling fan. No disrespect, kids. But here's the truth that honeymoon's going to be over sooner than later.
2: All right, so while I agree with Eddie in the disenfranchised part, I don't, I don't think that there's going to be some big crash at the end of the honeymoon. No, there won't. Be. I, I I think your numbers are going to grow because you will start to see people that will leave Monday and Friday to go find out what this is all about. And you'll lose your some of your entertainment wrestling fans and you'll pick up more of the uh, true pro wrestling fans, I guess for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Cuz there's not, you know, it's kind of like in the NWA. Yeah, there's a little bit of storylines going on, but for the, for the most part it's a it's a great wrestling product. Right, it's the same thing with AEW. Yeah, there's a few storylines, but for the most part, it's great wrestling to watch, and you're going to draw some fans. So you may top out at 1.5 to two, I think. But the 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 thing about this, and this is what really like Connor kind of Frost, is over the course of the years, everybody has. You know, the WWE turned their back on a fan like me, right? They thought I was just going to buy into the whole Katie Vick thing. And I keep going back to that because that's real easy to go back to. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, they'll, they'll buy into it. They'll, they'll love it. You know, the the we're going to push Roman Reigns down their throat and they're going to love him. You know, all this other crap they've done to us. Well, a few years ago... Over in Japan is where this whole thing started with the Bullet Club. And that's where I go back to. And it really just from then, it's just been building momentum and momentum and momentum. And I don't think we've seen the tip of it yet. I think it's going to go for a while before it actually kind of flatlines, you know, plateaus, I guess. And I think that I think the WWE is really going to hit panic mode uh, <laughs> before it's all said and done. I mean, literally. I want you to think about this. I want you, and Stan, you said it yourself. Raw put you to sleep. Okay.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Now AEW is right now doing the right thing by staying on uh, against NXT. Oh, absolutely. Give it a year. If the number gets up to where Raw is. And they, they jump to say Monday night. Do you actually think Raw has a chance against a product like that? Even the NWA. The NWA could be like, let's go, well, let's go, you know, network. And I don't let's think go the against. Could do it. <laughs> well, in a yeah. year's time, not now. In a year's time. Because again, they've only NWA's been around for what, four? Four weeks? One month?
1: Six. Six episodes. Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? (laughs) Of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink.
0: And right now, a small Minute Maid slushy is just $1.59. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer.
2: Six episodes. AEW's been around for what? Seven. Seven? So literally we're talking not even two months.
1: These are still newborns. Mm
4: -hmm. Yes. Very much.
1: I do have to say that I agree with the term... That Eric Bischoff used on 83 Weeks One Week when it came to the way Vince handled certain situations during the Monday Night War. And as it stands right now with the advent and the execution of AEW, to quote Eric Bischoff, Vince McMahon is selling like a little bitch.
3: Well, right now he's he's freaked out. He doesn't know yep. what the hell to do. And and now, in despite all of the hard work that Triple H did for NXT for years, and it's a little early yet to say that they're going to just completely wrap it up, but here's the thing. You've now forced your NXT up to the main level. Granted, we all know the wrestlers in NXT were better, but that's not the point. Now you've got your three main brands, and it's Brian said this a few weeks ago, Now you've got A, B, and C show WWE style. It's not NXT and then SmackDown and Raw. It's WWE (laughs) A, which is on Mondays, WWE C, which is on Fridays, and oh, by the way, B is on Wednesdays. You know, it's because now you've got Finn Balor, who is on NXT, which on the surface could be great, but at the same time, it takes guys like, who are just now getting the attention that they really needed, like Keith Lee, and even Matt Riddle. And now they're being somehow positioned behind Balor because now Balor is the big star. So you've got to make your big star part of the big part of the show. And they're doing that. Then you see what they're doing now with Survivor Series because originally Survivor Series, we don't know what the original plan was because as soon as Full Gear was off the air, we knew that NXT and SmackDown and Raw were somehow going head to head. It's coincidental possibly, but I think that the plan changed the moment WWE realized that 6 weeks in they're they're getting their butts kicked.
2: Well, again, I, you know, like you said, I said it a few weeks ago. If you leave NXT alone, that too has to grow organically on a primetime network. Right. Right? it was on the WWE's network where people would go watch it, right? But now you're trying to expose it to a brand-new audience. So you can just, I don't care how long it's been around, it's a brand-new audience you're trying to capture, Mm -hmm. and you're going against AEW, right? Both brand-new, but both very similar products. And I told you, once Vince puts his grubby little paws into it, it's going to change, and here we are six weeks. It has changed big time, and it's not for the better. Because again, who who else showed up? The club, right? You got the you got the women, uh, you know, showing up on SmackDown. You, I mean, what is that going to do for NXT? NXT needs to grow by itself first. Before you try that, and I granted I understand that probably the whole uh, the the women's match with all the titles is probably going to lead to you know the the coveted horse women versus horse women match at WrestleMania that you know we've been looking for for years, but again, is it is now the right time to do it when? You know, only half of your audience is probably going to know who Shayna Baszler
3: is? I don't honestly think it's even half. That's the biggest problem with NXT. You have, and I hate the term, but it's true, you have these internet darling wrestlers on that roster. From Adam Cole all the way down. And they haven't found a way, because... The same thing happened with the Cruiserweight Classic. You had tremendous talents in the Cruiserweight Classic, and you still couldn't find a way to keep them in the public eye and interesting to the public eye, because you wanted so badly to put them on Raw. You wanted so badly well, to, you know, mix them up and, and showcase them against your made entertainers rather than made wrestlers.
2: Yeah, well, I I think with the May Young Classic is their mistake is they didn't sign the ones they should have signed.
3: Oh, definitely. You,
2: you never should have let Tessa Blanchard walk out the door. Mm-hmm. You never should have let Rachel Ellingreen walk out the door for a year or however long it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, you know, I know I'm forgetting people, but you never should have let them walk out. You should have made a show based for the women and let them do what they do as opposed to maybe taking NXT to USA. Because, I mean, Shine or Shimmer and uh, all these other uh, federations that are strictly females are still surviving because the females can put on a good product. And you would have got people to watch.
3: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, that's the challenge right now. You can't... You've got the same 1.6 million watching that's been watching from the beginning. Your viewers on Monday and Friday... Hey, guess what? That's the same viewers that you had every other Monday and Friday anyway. Or whatever day, SmackDown, Tuesday. That viewership hasn't changed. It doesn't matter, the network. That's the biggest thing that I think Fox forgot. All you had to do was just look at the statistics... Because you could look at it, and it doesn't matter what dirt sheet you like. It doesn't matter what person you follow on Twitter. The numbers do not lie. The WWE's audience for viewership has been the same for the past six years. Now, what I mean by the same, just to qualify this. Yes, it started about six years ago. We were at 2.5, 2.6, even 2.7 for the average viewership in million viewers for SmackDown and Raw. That's true. But it was going down, and it's been steadily going down. But what you see on Raw is actually what you typically see on SmackDown for your viewers. So yeah, of course, NXT comes on, on USA, which USA is going to give Vince McMahon whatever he wants. It's a given. If he wanted what he got from Fox, probably the only reason he didn't get that same deal with USA is because the uh, dollar signs in, or started with the B, like Billion. But the bottom line here is they still are dealing with the same audience. And for Fox to put the money that they put in, and it still cracks me up that fans like to say, oh, Fox is going to cancel them. No, they put a lot more money in than they can just simply cancel for one year. Does it mean after two or three? Uh, Maybe not, but they put a lot of money in for just cancel now.
2: Yeah, but I mean, not necessarily. I mean, if it's not generating the money, uh, I mean, they – networks do it with shows all the time. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just because they've shelled out that much money, uh, don't think they haven't shelled out money for shows and everything else. And they cancel them at pilots, right? Right. They're not worried about that. They'll make that money back eventually.
1: Yeah. If, uh, if I may, a few years ago on NBC, there was a television show called Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. The two of you have heard me reference this show a number of times. It was an Aaron Sorkin creation. The man who brought you Sports Night and the West Wing. Two wildly popular shows, especially West Wing. This was a show that had an all-star ensemble cast. Everybody from Steven Weber to Matthew Perry, Ed Asner, um, God, um, D.L. Hughley and a perpetual list of guest stars that was all A and B list. The first half of the season, the show was doing very well in the ratings. When they came back from Christmas break, NBC, for some reason, I think it had something to do with Lorne Michaels from Saturday Night Live opening his fat mouth. How that man still has any stroke at NBC, I don't know, because Saturday Night Live has been sucking wind for the last five years. But they kept moving the show and changing the show's situation to where, after one season, Studio 60 was canceled. If you don't think that if NBC, one of the original big three slash four, will cancel a show after one season... If it starts to get quirky, no matter what the investment is, put it this way. It was screwed with so much, even D.L. Hughley will not even acknowledge that show anymore because of what NBC and um ended up doing, screwing around with the formula of the show. Fox will drop it in a heartbeat if that payoff isn't there after a year. If the numbers aren't there and it doesn't look like it's going to grow, Fox won't blink. Remember... <laughs> They just, the res, the residual of Fox is still rolling in money after the Disney buyout of 20th Century Fox. They ain't worried.
3: That's a fair statement. <laughs> I mean the 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 thing that I think is interesting to watch out of all of this is realistically everybody is waiting for somebody to move, and WWE flinched in a big way first by you know jumping the gun on a on a storyline that could have been set up 2 3 years from now <laughs> i think it probably would have been more successful not that it hasn't generated interest but i don't think it's really going to move the needle i don't see summer or excuse me survivor series being like oh my god how did we never see this show before kind of thing i just don't see it happening and a lot of that is because you got the same guys backstage at the same three shows doing the same things with the same people. And it's not changing. Then you go over to AEW and where you've got these road agents that no longer work for WWE and the reason they don't work there is because they were creatively stifled. You've got these performers that are in AEW's ring that never wanted to go anywhere but AEW or New Japan or Ring of Honor—they didn't have to be WWE World Heavyweight Champion or main event at Madison Square Garden or any of that stuff. They just wanted to be part of a big show in general, and so now they've got their spot. And the last thing they're going to do is screw that up. Then you got a like guy like Jericho, who's at the helm, and say what you want. We, I joke about him all the time about being that, you know, that clumsy drunk uncle, but he's a legitimate star. He's put them on his shoulders, for lack of a better term. And he's willing to carry the load until somebody else comes along. It's not a bad formula. And they're not screwing with it. I mean, you know, there are tweaks and stuff that they can do here and there, sure. But I think it's pretty damn smart. And it seems to be working at a very, uh, at least a very general level right now.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, at the end of the day you're dealing with an audience that wants to see pro wrestling at a high level. Okay. Again, we are not into, they're not yet. Sure. They do. They probably watch the WWE. Sure. But at the end of the day, they're not into sports entertainment. The WWE has soured us on sports entertainment. I mean, maybe it was bad that we got to see the attitude era first, <laughs> and you've never followed up on it. You know what I'm saying? Um, because that produced so many great moments, so many stars, and now, I mean, again, what? Nothing you do now matches that attitude era. So the ones that saw that, the ones that in the years that followed. You know, again, let's say Hogan and The Rock at WrestleMania where the crowd turns. Remember that one? Yeah. When's the last time we had anything like that? And I know it wasn't probably planned that way, but it happened. Mm
4: -hmm.
2: You know, but uh, it's to me, it's about wrestling and sports entertainment. Vince cannot get out of this sports entertainment mold that he created. And, and we don't want fling promoter. Yeah, we don't want to see sports entertainment. We want pro wrestling. That's what's on the marquee.
1: Then watch that's, NWA, then watch AEW, then watch Impact, then watch MLW, don't watch a WWE product other than a little bit of NXT.
3: Right. And that's I, I, that's what's happening. I think the the comical part of all of it is those that those that feel that they have some degree of uh um, I don't know, authority or whatever to start telling fans what they should and shouldn't do. Hey, how about just letting people enjoy what they want to enjoy? I don't care who likes what, but I don't, like much like Brian, I don't have to like the same stuff someone else likes. But it's interesting because social media, which is a cesspool of horrible opinions, <laughs> you see these guys that are like, hey, What, are you
1: following you. Jim Ross again?
3: Uh, <laughs> you know, honestly, I can say I've only followed him maybe once or twice and not for very long periods of time. Because generally speaking, his tweets are pretty much the same thing every time. You know, Sauce all it, <laughs> yes, exactly. Sauce it, <laughs> and uh, thanks, pal. <laughs> it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of right up there. Um, but I mean, I get it. There's a huge, huge desire right now just to see what we're seeing, and that's you got NWA, you got Impact, you got AEW, all of these different outlets that uh, aren't WWE. And NXT's paying the price for it. They really are. Because you've, you've now created this horrible monster that you, whatever, for whatever reason, you don't want to stop it. You don't want to actually just say, ha, you know, let's just go back to what worked. God forbid. But that's the price they're paying. And that's why WWE is ultimately in the situation they're in. For example, um, Brian, did you know that WWE was in D.C. this weekend?
2: Uh, No, I did not.
3: Yeah. Right in our backyard. Um, Right at the uh, Capital One Arena. And the show was basically, from what I'm seeing here, was a SmackDown Live house show. But, boy, did it ever have a stacked roster there. I mean, it had the New Day defeating the Revival for the SmackDown Tag Championship. Uh, Dana Brooke faced Tamina. (laughs) And here's another example of what absolutely drives me nuts. Shorty G. You freaking serious? It's Chad Gable, dude. Just Are we star. talking
1: about the stripper or the hip hop star?
3: <laughs> Neither. <laughs> Neither. Collegiate wrestler, <laughs> standout performer, and all around just very talented individual, Chad Gable, now called Shorty G, teamed up with Apollo Cruz in the Lucha House Party. They faced Luke Harper, Cesaro, Robert Roode, and Dolph Ziggler. Bailey defeated Nikki Cross. Roman Reigns defeated if. Yeah, King Corbin in a street fight. Again. God. You know, there's Roman Reigns and everybody's like, God, I can't wait till they stop pushing him. And now we've got Baron Corbin. And it's like, I'll just just put Roman Reigns back on. What the hell?
1: Hey, hey Vince, even you can't get this guy over.
2: <laughs> but he's going to try. <laughs> he yep. is pulling out all the stops. <laughs> I mean, really. So, no, again, no offense to Roman Reigns. And I know it didn't start off like this, but he really should have learned from him. Like, I couldn't get this guy over, and at one time he was hot. He was white hot. You know what I'm saying?
4: hmm
2: And I screwed it up. Uh, I should probably take not take some guy that has no heat whatsoever and try and turn him nuclear. Well, it's just they, not going to
3: work. They screwed up so badly with Baron Corbin. Like... He was in NXT, and everybody talked about him. Everybody. He gets to the main roster. We're like, oh, cool, Baron Corbin. And, it, what, two months? It wasn't even that. Baron Corbin was a nobody. A literal nobody. Now, granted, he's going to go on his social media, and he's going to do what he does, and that's, well, oh, I'm getting paid. Hey, congratulations, dude. I know you were in the NFL, and you were a shining star. Congratulations. Where's, where's your Super Bowl ring? Oh, wait, yeah, you didn't get that. See, that's the thing. Great, Uh, congrats, dude. You're doing something that we all wish that we could one-way, shape, or form be doing. I get that. I I hear you. But you're not being done any favors, and and for you to blindly smile, much like Seth Rollins does, is just ignorant and stupid and just, ugh, ugh. Anyway.
1: This is where nobody on the main roster should have a Twitter account or social media other than to promote the upcoming shows and storylines.
3: Even if if he came off as charismatic on Twitter, at least it would be interesting. But he doesn't. It's almost like his boredom just bleeds through the... Well, Uh, I don't
2: think it's his boredom. I just just don't think he has a personality. And he tries too hard.
3: He definitely does try way too hard. Uh, Leo Rush defeated Angel Garza to retain the... Interesting to see how it's referred to the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Yeah. Is it officially the NXT Cruiserweight Championship now? Because mm. I know he defended it on A uh yeah, AEW. That's funny. On NXT uh a couple of weeks ago. I'll have to i have to replay that. Well, Didn't to
2: NXT check. uh swallow two oh five? Most yep. of it,
3: yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So I'm yep. sure it probably is.
1: This week on NXT, they did the same match. Leo Rush defends against Angel Garza, and they called it the NXT Cruiserweight Title.
3: Fine by me. I'm cool with that. Uh, by the way, Leo Rush looking like a million bucks ever since he came back. Shout out to that. That's that's a testament to his hard work. Uh, Mustafa Ali defeated Shinsuke Nakamura by disqualification. Uh, of course, DQ. Nakamura retains the Intercontinental Title. So, because of this, whatever, schmoz, it leads to a tag match. Daniel Bryan and Mustafa Ali defeated Sami Zayn and Shinsuke Nakamura in a tag match. Would have loved to have seen that. And then the main event, which I'm sure was at the very least entertaining, was The Fiend defeating Braun Strowman in a last man standing match. Damn. But yeah, I had no idea they were in D.C. this weekend. <laughs>
2: yeah, I didn't either.
3: I mean, what a great—I mean, the card itself, outside of uh, Reigns and Corbin, and at least that was a street fight, so you might have gotten some decent hardcore action out of that.
2: Right. and Stop.
3: Pretty decent show.
2: Stop! Stop!
3: You don't think it would have at least to been a good go hardcore? into the
2: bathroom? Uh oh. And get you some soap, the, the, and wash that filth out of your mouth. That pro
3: Corbin-esque stuff. Okay.
2: No. That you just said the WWE can put on a good hardcore match.
3: Okay, all right. You name well... <laughs> you name
2: one good hardcore you... match since ECW closed down. Now Truth... on
3: ECW Ooh. they did. But you Ooh. name me one. Good Watch. Trish
1: and Bra and Panties barking like a dog.
3: Yeah, that's hardcore for oh wait, that's a different hardcore. Uh <laughs> I don't know. Hardcore as far as Trish and Victoria, they had some pretty awesome hardcore matches. Unexpected hardcore matches, but they were still pretty good. Uh, no, no, I, I, I that, truly can't argue with you, Brian. I mean, we watched when we watched it uh, full gear with Mox and uh, Kenny well, Omega, yeah, but and it kind of spoils you. I'm not even going <laughs> to
2: compare that. I'm not going to even bring that into this conversation.
3: Well, you I'm, don't have to. The WWE
2: do <laughs> doesn't know how to do hardcore at all. Uh, I mean, you think just pulling out of the trash can lid? I mean think about it. They did a hell in a cell and there was a dis- uh 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 what, what was the finish?
4: It was a non finish, uh, whatever it was. Yes.
3: It, it wasn't a disqualification. You- it was we're stopping the match for the safety of by the way, the me? supernatural evil character monster known as the fiend who stands up after everything. We're worried about his safety.
2: Yeah, so and so now we're talking <laughs> hell in a cell. You name me name me a good hell in a cell since uh Triple H hey
3: at Wearing least blood
2: and violence and all that good stuff
3: at least at least they made the right call at crown jewel <laughs> and righted that wrong and got the belt to the fiend but even then that that match was not all that great yeah. and they match the wwe and hardcore
2: should be in the same sentence
3: what they wrestled under that stupid red light again
2: yeah well didn't he wrestle under the red light with oh he wrestled somebody after what SmackDown went off the air? Yeah, he beat Daniel Bryan. Yeah, and they wrestled under the red light too. I think.
3: <laughs> you know, as much as I want to see the Fiend wrestle, I really do. Come on, can we? Uh, I I think I would get a headache. I think I would get like a, a freaking migraine being there live. That red light.
2: Yeah, that would uh, probably be a too much. Now, unless it was like one of the old uh, lights out type matches. Where only the the red was only over the ring and not the whole arena?
3: I think my head would hurt either way. <laughs> or maybe we get lucky and it's just the lighting on the T V, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's a filter, Brian. Everything's better with filters.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think
3: it's
2: <laughs> crazy.
3: So I wanted to go kind of a different direction this week. We've been very results oriented uh, past few weeks as far as it's corner to corner. We've talked a lot about um, you know, AEW and, and NXT, the results of each show and the ratings. We've been very focused on that, which we will continue to follow that because it's it's still a hot button issue. But I did want to go into some of the things that have been going on with the news kind of outside of what we typically go over. Um, I touched on it, and I don't... Brian, I don't know how you feel about this. Eddie, I don't know how you feel about this, but I wanted to kind of get into this whole thing that's going on with ACH and Jordan Miles. This is a guy who, immensely talented in Ring of Honor, was a huge standout talent known all over the world, seemingly gets his dream shot in NXT, WWE, even wins a tournament to challenge for the NXT championship in his, what, first three months there? And then all of a sudden we get a t-shirt where it's it's like, uh, it's like close enough to blackface where it can be misconstrued. I'll give you that. Because I don't think WWE intentionally said, let's make a blackface t-shirt. I don't think they did that. I do think it was ill-advised. I think somebody in their marketing team should have been like, uh, yeah. guys, I don't know if this is a good idea. But... I'm curious as to y'all's thoughts about this. Now that Jordan Miles has seemingly quit WWE, does this continue to shed light on on a bigger issue, or does this get swept under again by WWE? This isn't the first time WWE has ever been faced with this kind of an accusation.
2: Um, Eddie, you want to go
3: first? I'm going to hold up. Okay. Okay. Brian, do you need a second?
2: Well, I, so I don't think it's – I think it very easily could have been a mistake. You know, because, again, we're you might be dealing with people that are young enough not to know any better. Now, sure. I'm not saying that's right, but I'm just saying they may not know what that was. Well, And, again, I'm not excusing it. I'm just saying that, you know –
3: well, that's actually a good example. I asked, I asked Kiana, and she is younger than me, but I asked her when I first saw the the newsfeed, and it had the T-shirt, and I said, "Have you ever heard of blackface?" And I remember her looking at me right straight in the face, saying, "I don't, I don't know what that is." Right. And it it didn't hit me until then. I'm like, "Wow, maybe maybe that's an actual thing." So it's interesting you mentioned that.
2: Yeah. Now I'm not going to touch on on the racism thing because right you know I'm I'm not there I'm not even gonna broach that subject yeah because for all the ethnic uh, wrestlers that have come out um, you know if it was rampant I know from time to time you've had issues like big show um, that little snafu um,
3: oh yeah wow I forgot about that
2: yeah um, you know it's just not like a popular as far as yes, they are. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Again, I'm not saying they they are not, but I'm just saying I'm not, I'm not touching it, but I think that whoever um, is in charge of your HR department should (laughs) take uh, a whole bunch of people, especially newer ones and be like, look, we're going to teach you some cultural diversity. Yeah, And whether you meant it or not, it was very insensitive. I even thought it was insensitive. I knew as soon as I saw it, I was like, holy cow, how does this happen?
3: I remember seeing the shirt and I thought, there's no way this is real. Like, just I, I couldn't believe that it was an actual item on wweshop.com. I'm like, there's no way. Now, to their credit, they yanked it as soon as any kind of blowback started to happen. And it didn't sell a single shirt.
2: Oh, I, I mean, I'm I'm sure. Um, um, I I, I would hope that he pr- hopefully picked up the phone and was like, uh, "What is this?" or somebody.
4: And well,
3: that's that's where this story gets gets weird.
1: The so shirt was originally supposed to be gray, and I believe the uh, the rumor going around was Miles himself wanted it to be black.
3: That's that's just it. Yeah. So the merchant yeah most...
2: but again though we're we're talking, did he see the actual shirt, or was he on the phone with the person designing the shirt and said, "Oh, we're gonna put a big smiley face on it mm-hmm. or you know you know whatever, and maybe it wasn't explained to him properly, or you know what you know whatever it could have been, you know because Booker T himself come out and said no the wrestlers do have some say yes in, in the t-shirt right so I'm going to freely admit do i think he had some say in the the design of the t-shirt yes, but did the final product get conveyed to him properly because See, I, listen so I, hold on i'm i'm a forty some year old white guy and as soon as I laid eyes on it, I was like oh that's that's not that's not a good T-shirt. And I knew exactly what it was. And I was firmly like, uh, there's no way. You can't do this.
1: I'm a 53-year-old um, Italian-American. I first looked at the shirt and I said, that's a really screwed up Joker smile. Oh, crap, that's not supposed to be the Joker. Never mind. Change the page.
3: I think... I I have to agree with Brian. I think on the surface when he saw the shirt design, Miles approves it. And Miles even admits to it, approving the shirt initially. But I don't think he saw a black shirt. I don't think he did.
1: Because I, I the word had it that even um a lot of the um the people in that department said leave it gray.
3: I and don't think he saw a Somebody the black
1: shirt. changed huh?
3: I think well here, that's the thing. So that department says leave it gray, but then when he emails back, he this is a, this is his his uh, recounting of it that Triple H apparently had said to leave it black. Granted, okay, this is a lot of, and Brian's right, this is a very slippery slope. We're not going to go, but so far down it, but uh, that's weird.
1: Okay. Let me give you a little something here. Back in calendar year 2014, I believe it was, we started seeing vignettes of a upcoming debut for three individuals who were now being packaged as a trio. Some of those vignettes were decidedly slanted because of the fact that these three individuals who are African-American were positioned in front of a African-American gospel choir singing and dancing right along with them. I do believe that we even had this conversation about the first presentation vignettes of the new day, and we questioned ourselves. We questioned. I believe 2014. That's when you were still doing the other show with you know who, right?
3: Uh, yes.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, gotta be careful. We all, get, we, huh?
3: Gotta be careful.
1: <laughs> In names? <laughs>
3: OK
1: <laughs> <laughs> Beetlejuice. So no, I can do the other one now.
4: ring, <laughs> engaged
1: love you, brother. I really do. It's all in good, clean fun. It's like the shots you take at me every once in a while. Oops. Um, but seriously, we questioned whether or not these things were overly ethnic, even for WWE programming. Here's the trick. The New Day went on to be one of the biggest things to ever happen in WWE. They got over LED unicorn horns. They got pancakes over. They almost got over Big E's sausage. Of course, I think enough people saw Big E's sausage anyway. Well, it's a place- <laughs> somebody's phone got hacked <laughs> again <laughs> I don't know if it was pages or not but hey what the hell wow Yeah, but,
2: so <laughs> I think with the new day though is so they embrace it for a week or two More and next. then um, ultimately the change is made and I I don't remember being a part of that conversation so whereas I may have thought it was Like, not to my liking. I don't think I ever, like, straight up equated it so much with being racist.
1: Not necessarily racist, but definitely race-oriented.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll give you race-oriented. But this, this t-shirt, again, to me, just screams uh, racism. Yeah. And again, whether it's intended or not, I don't think it's intended. I just think it was done and then when you put the put it on the black shirt by somebody who may or may not know what blackface is, it it turned out that way.
1: Yeah, but then also that individual has gotten overly militant on his social media accounts and I'm just sitting back going, dude, really this is not the way to get things done because you're basically
3: oh, well, threatening Employer, well, it's, it yeah, yeah. That. So, go ahead, Brian. Yeah,
2: I, I'm not. I'm not talking about what comes next. I'm just talking about this T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Whereas I immediately go on the T-shirt to racism, whereas on the new day, it was. It was. I understand the the uh, the African American concept there. But I didn't
3: necessarily equate it to racism.
1: Like I said, I didn't say racist. I said, or racism. I said race-oriented. And
3: it was. It was. When it first started, you're right. It was definitely a uh, race-driven... Thank you. Would you you say story? uh, I guess. Story or faction. At least at first. Backstory. I think... So, we've got two... Different
2: oh, issues they got, here.
1: Over, they got cereal over, too.
2: Booty oh, over. they got a lot of things over.
1: Yeah. They make sure you ain't booty.
3: Hey. <laughs> Do you remember the uh, thing they did on the WWE Network, the prank show, where they had those kids try all those nasty, like, combinations for new, potential new day treats?
2: I never saw that
3: one. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> they got time travel over? Didn't they get time they, they travel did. over? They <laughs> did
3: they rediscovered Kofi's uh, uh, Jamaican accent.
1: Jamaican accent. Yes, <laughs> the
3: Yeah, so, yeah. It's so, a but tough now,
2: deal. now let's move on to the militant part. Yeah, yeah, so
3: here's the thing, and this is where I start asking questions. So, okay, I hear you, Jordan. I'm with you, buddy. I'm on the train. You're right. They're racist. They're bastards. Quit. Go find a better spot. I'm with you. And then all of a sudden, he starts losing his mind. Now, I'm not calling him crazy or any of that. So let's be clear. Don't be painting me in some stupid light here. I am saying that the dudes went off on fans, calling them stupid tricks, and all sorts of other stuff that we can't say here. Cussing at fans, you know, calling Jay Lethal and Uncle Tom, um... And for the record, there are reports and stories that I'm not going to get into. But there are stories about Jay Lethal and apparently his treatment of his fellow uh, whatever. But, and even that just sounds bad. There's no way to make that sound good. But there's proof in the pudding, and you can go out there and find it. I'll leave it at that. But the truth of the matter here is, with Jordan Miles, with ACH, Super ACH, and put some respect on it, that's his words, not mine, Super ACH just going off. And this guy is, I mean, okay, I get it. I was with you, man. Horrible move. Quit the company. Go find somewhere else. Hell, I even thought maybe he goes back to ROH or maybe he goes to AEW. Cool. Whatever. But the more he pushes it, now all the fans that were in his corner, because he starts this whole hashtag for the culture and changes his uh, – Image his profile image from full color to black and white, and he's got fellow wrestlers, WWE superstars, doing it. Cedric Alexander does it, it has support, and then he just starts going off on fans and going off on different people. And then he, uh, Friday posts an Instagram video where he is much calmer, much quieter, much softer. And he's basically like, yeah, I quit. I stand by what I said. Um, You know, I said what I did about Jay Lethal, but even if that is a beef, you know, I don't think it's only on his side because I don't have any beef with him now. And it just reeks of a lot of Mm backpedaling and a guy that may need more than just a wrestling job, maybe need some help. Because there's some issues there that I think are really coming unglued in front of the whole world, unfortunately. It's a tough deal. You know, nobody wants to paint anybody in negative light. You don't want to be rude or culturally insensitive. I definitely don't want to come off like that. But you you started something that had some real true traction and, and meaning. And you had – and he didn't do it for himself, I don't think. But some people were really believing in what he was saying. And I think it takes – awful lot of scrutiny unnecessarily and puts it on him when he goes off on people that way. And you're right. I mean, it was, it was just angry. Militant's a a pretty sharp word for it. I don't know if I'd go extreme and say violent, but it kind of made you wonder like, what the hell is he? Okay. Does, does he need help now? He has apparently, and I don't know the guy I've never met ACH. I only know what I've seen as far as his wrestling ability when, quite frankly, I think he was, uh, is a hell of a wrestling talent. Uh, but this is a guy that clearly indicated that he's had some anxiety issues, depression issues, as it continues to tiptoe down that road towards bipolar. Wow. Talk about getting the entire world in a frenzy and the bigger question still remains does this lead to a change or does this lead to hopefully like Brian says HR saying oh okay um, everybody in the room <laughs> let's uh let's have a serious discussion and let's never ever have this happen again cuz it could have just been one idiot that said oh it's a great idea nobody stops him it gets sent to WWE shop they posted it then all of a sudden by that point it's a it's a uh, a crap show. It's, it's a mess.
2: Uh, well, yeah, it's a mess. But I mean, to make Eddie's point earlier, I mean, he just automatically takes to um social media, yeah, instead of trying to fix it, and I mean, it literally blows up. And, uh, you're, you're dealing with, you know, probably the fact that he could be hurt, Mm -hmm.
4: uh,
2: emotionally. He could be so pissed off. He can't even think straight.
4: Mm -hmm.
2: And he's just in, he just gets in one of those, um, things where, I mean, he is so mad. So incensed that he can't even, he doesn't know what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we've all been mad like that before. Oh, where you sure. just get so pissed that, you know, you're not even thinking straight. Um, and, you know, the more – and the, I think that was the other problem, too. So when it first comes out, I mean, he's got people behind him. Yes. And then eventually the story comes out. Well, he had a say-so. And, you know, that kind of changes everything. Oh, well, if he had a say, then what's he going, you know, why is he going on about this? But again, if the story gets twisted, where it's sure he had a say, but he didn't see the final product to know exactly what it looked like, um, you know, then. Maybe where his people were turning on him, Mm -hmm. and he felt, he felt, I mean, he just felt like he was alone in the world. I
4: definitely,
3: I I could see that.
2: Yeah, I mean, some of this could be a whole bunch of people's faults, not just his.
3: Well, and, and these people that are so quick to say, hey, you know, this is all smoke and mirrors from ACH, let's not forget that this could have been this guy's dream job. And he wants to believe that he's in his dream place. And now suddenly all of this falls apart for him. You got, it's got to feel like he got nobody there for you. It's got to feel like, oh my God, what am I going through? And again, it's all speculation from our end. We're not going to be able to know how he felt. But we can tell you that you know, in his times where he was the most angry, it probably felt, just like Brian said, that he was the only one. And that's, that's crap.
2: Um, You know, who knows? You know, again, he could have gotten just so pissed and so angry. He just goes off and
4: Mm
2: -hmm. doesn't, doesn't really realize what he's saying. And then by that time, you know, the story starts getting twisted. And um, I mean, Lord, for Pete's sake, Booker T even got, you know, chimes in on it.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, it got Booker T. Mark Henry commented on it a little bit. Um, Cedric Alexander did. Uh, There's... To close out this segment properly, it's still not going to do the story justice because we don't know what the end result will be from here. But what we can say for a fact is that what could have and should have been just a, a bad moment in marketing quickly nipped in the bud and never seeing the light of day turned into this gigantic huge issue even bigger than I think even Jordan Miles could have imagined simply because nobody went to this guy and just said, Hey, this is what we have. This is what Triple H says needs to be the final thing. What do you think? You know, that conversation could have stopped all of this. Then again, maybe ACH was already so piping mad by that point, it didn't matter.
2: Well, I, I mean I think if somebody had taken a sketch to him. Right. You know, the, or or the the final product and said, okay. Hey Bud, here this is this is what, this we're, is what we're doing. Yeah. And if he had taken the time to say, look, uh, you can't do this, and here's why. And then explained it. I don't. I don't know if that e- T-shirt even gets approved. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because again, does Triple H? Uh, what is he? Uh, what is he in the WWE? Like second in charge? Mm-hmm. Third in charge? Does he have the time to sit and go through every email? And yep that t shirt looks good. I mean, does he even do that?
3: I mean, even if he does, it's gotta be a quick you know pull up the image, okay, cool, it's t-shirt boom, done. Did he even really look at it? <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean like it, it well, can't get but so much of a thought
2: not just even look at it, but I'm sure there are, he has people that he relies on
3: mhm-
2: you know I mean, does he have time to do that and run three shows? Or be there for three shows. So he's on the road. God knows how many days out the week. You know, uh, okay, he gave his approval, but did he actually see the damn thing? Did did he get the same misinformation maybe ACH gets? You know, who knows?
3: Right. Well, and this just leads to the bigger issue. You know, the communication gap issue that is happening. And it's way outside of what ach is going with it's happened with him but now we can look at it from a whole another perspective and look at what's been happening with talents that were in saudi arabia thinking oh, they were, you know they were thinking they were going home and they get told oh, nope we got some mechanical issues sorry it's going to be a minute and you know it happens you go on these flights you, you got mechanical problems it happens with with all of it But then you find out, oh, Vince left, uh, you know, two hours into the show or an hour into the show. He's gone. Say what? And
2: and Vince uh, not only left, but he basically, um, there was money issues involved and everything else. And uh, from what I understand, it was the royalty of Saudi Arabia that kept that airplane on the tarmac. Yep. So But he was gone.
3: Then he takes the top twenty talents with him to make it for SmackDown. So you're already creating a divisive atmosphere with your, you know, grab grab that brass ring, pal, you know, that whole thing. But now now you've got another situation where you're taking chosen talents and saying, uh, you are the guys that are going to go with us. You're the guys we're going to put on TV. Everybody else can, you know, y'all can wait. You'll be okay. <laughs> um. So in a day where everything that happens now gets magnified exponentially, do you really think it's a wise decision to just, uh, hey, I'm going to leave you guys in a foreign country that uh, we don't necessarily know for sure, what their thoughts of us are and we're basically going to take what we have for as far as money we're going to run good luck guys have fun getting home jeez what wow that's amazing. yeah uh
2: sure and I, if it was me I'd be asking for my immediate release
3: I think I probably I, would I have too
2: I don't care where I, I was on the card I would be asking for my immediate release. Because, see, here's here's the ultimate issue, right? Mm-hmm. So, basically, you're thumbing your nose at the Saudi Arabian royalty, right? Like, they run that country. There is no if ands, buts about it. They run it to the point where they shut down that airplane. That airplane ain't going nowhere. Well, how would you have felt if while you were on that plane, they decided to take you off that plane Mm
4: -hmm.
2: and throw your butt in a jail for probably any number of violations for their law that you weren't even aware of? How are you going to feel
3: then? There's that, and then there's the whole thing of, and it thankfully, at least we hope, it's been since debunked. But there was even word that that Vince had basically shut off the show after two hours because he felt that he was owed money still and they hadn't paid him. Um, you know, you knew that story was going to be kind of that. That's a tough one because I mean, while I do think that Vince would pull the plug, I don't see him doing that in a country that is already under the microscope for I'm not getting into the political rigmarole but what they are suspecting the prince has done.
2: Yeah, but so the, and the the TV feed was only supposed to be the local feed, right?
3: Right. If I remember right. right. And there's yeah. only one report of that actually being done. And by one report I mean one customer, one viewer that actually reported that that happened. So it could have been their cable going out. It could have been yeah, – I don't even know how it's, how it's me- structured out there. But, you know, it's interesting because, of course, who's the – Brian, who's the first guy you think that reported it? Oh, smelter Oh, yeah. Oh, this guy had a Woody the size of Texas. He's like, oh, WWE's in trouble. Let me run. And as soon I'm – I'm serious. As soon as Crown Jewel was off the air, Twitter – is filled with Wrestling Observer tweets. Oh, there's a problem over in Saudi Arabia with the flight. Uh, there's mechanical issues, but nobody's saying what. They're getting video from all the stars saying it's mechanical issues. Not one single star, including the ones that were left behind, corroborates this story. Well, they're,
2: Yeah, but they're not going to.
3: The mechanical I, issues I mean, they've said be... and the, the holdups they've said, but nothing else. Yeah, but but there's no difference in getting one of them
2: one of them to corroborate a story there as opposed to oh Bray uh, Wyatt's going to win the the title tonight. True. And uh, you, you know what I'm saying?
3: Yeah. There's no yeah.
2: difference. Nobody's going to be like, "Yep, I told him."
3: <laughs> You're right, Vince. It was me. It was me all along, Vince. <laughs>
2: yeah. Nobody's going to. Nobody's going to be like, "Yep, I talked to Dave on a regular basis."
3: The the crazy thing to me is, you know, it is big news, I agree, and and you definitely want to report it, but you get now publicly, and of course, WWE has taken to publicly responding to these tweets and these news reports, which is just making them look worse. I mean, (laughs) you got Seth Rollins, wrong guy, by the way, to try to defend this issue. Nah, that never happened, you're a bona fide liar, la 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 la, we already know that, so it's nothing new. And nobody's going to buy in. But at the same time, it just makes Seth Rollins look insecure. Then AJ Styles does the same thing. Well, now it makes WWE look insecure. Not because AJ Styles did anything wrong, but no. Because now the company's got not just one, but multiple guys now responding to something that if it's not true, why are you responding? If it's not happening, if you don't have anything happening right now, why would you go on social media and start stirring it? Leave it alone.
2: Because... Oh, no, you can't leave it alone. So it's got legs, right? So you have to stop it. Mm -hmm. Well, the way you should have properly stopped it is if none of it was true for Vince McMahon himself to come out publicly and say it's not true. Right. Or the WWE or Stephanie or Hunter or somebody in that company that has the ability to do such things, should have come out and said, you know, nope, not true, Uh, it was an airplane, whatever, maybe got Saudi Arabia to play along, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right? But have they?
3: No. That's just it. They've just chosen to go the direction of, you know, let's put him down. Let's insult the guy. Let's... And this is coming dangerously close to almost defending him, but the guy is trying to report what he considers to be news. In his realm, in his world, he's doing his job. Yeah, but
2: I'm not, I'm not worried about Smelter, because the story would have gotten out anyway. I'm talking about if this, if this thing was false, the WWE should have come out.
3: Well, let's talk about where it came from initially, because it wasn't Smelter that it came from initially. Initially, it comes from former Spanish announce table extraordinaire Hugo Savinovich, who says that it's not mechanical issues with the planes, that it is a financial issue, and he states that the reason that this is all going on is because Vince told them that, hey, you still owe us X amount of millions of dollars. Once you get into millions, you know that's going to be a heavy conversation. We need to get this money. Honestly... As dumb of a move as I think it is, because I do, I think that's the wrong, that's the wrong office to have that meeting. Um, I could see Vince saying that. I could see him trying to be. I'm Vince McMahon. Damn it, you don't do this to me. Uh, well, okay. We're. I guess we should be considering him to be lucky that he was able to escape the country by cover of darkness.
2: Oh, but I think that's the thing—he <laughs> leaves early.
3: Yeah, I mean, he's like, Pfft. "I just pissed off the crown prince of Saudi Arabia. I'm on borrowed time. Yep. Hop it up, jet. <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> Tell him our truth is leaving." <laughs> I mean, it's just—it's so sad. And then you see these pictures online of all of the guys. Like, first off, they look miserable in these pictures where they're all lining up to get on the ch- get on the jet. But they're, like, finally boarding and all of these different hashtags. You got wives of, like, Carl Anderson saying, never go back there again. And Carl Anderson tweets back, well, I do need a pool. It's like, I mean. Second pool. Yeah, a second pool. I mean, this is just nuts. It's, It's the kind of thing that I honestly never thought, much like with you know, AEW and WWE kind of going head to head. I never thought in my lifetime we'd be in a situation where we'd see something like this. Is there a time in wrestling history where anything like that's ever happened before, at least on that magnitude?
2: Where, where they've been stuck in a country?
3: Where like the promoter abandons them in a country?
2: Oh, I'm sure. so. I'm sure out of all the promotions and all the shows in other countries, I'm sure Something like that crazy has happened. I mean there's a huge
3: difference between being left in BFE uh Texas and in Saudi Arabia where uh you know you, you don't you can walk home at least for a little while in Texas. You ain't walking home in Saudi Arabia.
2: Yeah. But I I'm I'm sure there's been times that something like that crazy has happened, but uh I don't again, I don't I wouldn't recommend doing it. In a country like Saudi Arabia, uh, didn't uh, something happen to somebody from another country just like a, a week before the first show or something?
3: Well, there's... Remember? Oh, geez, what was When
2: it? the reporter went dead or went oh, missing? yeah, and- yeah that's Bingo.
3: the whole thing. That's the whole thing. The, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia is already, he's no longer under suspicion. He's under investigation for the assassination, yeah. for taking out a hit on a reporter. Yeah, so. so why would you do that? Like, I get it. You're at the States, and they're on the phone with you. You're on Skype. Yeah. Screw you guys. I ain't coming. But if I'm in your backyard, and you're already responsible for, you know, killing, getting away with it, essentially, and still being free and being in royalty, yeah, I'm not saying that in your presence, much less in your country. And then I'm not going to leave my people there. I'm going to get them the hell out of Dodge.
4: Yeah, and,
2: and that that ultimately is why I'm like I want my immediate release. Yep. Right here right now as soon as I touch foot back on American Soul.
3: I would have had a lawyer. I, I will in my never ready wrestle
2: to for you again.
3: Yep. And imagine that one guy cuz you know someone when they get their release, someone's going to say that's all true. He left without us.
2: Oh no! We it. know he left without him. <laughs> you know what we I mean. We know Brock, Hogan, and Flair, and who was the other one? Sasha. Uh, well, one of the managers went with Brock.
3: Oh they yeah, left. yeah. I mean,
2: we know that they—they they themselves have come out and said, "Yeah, we hit your ride with Brock. He—he uh, chartered his own flight. We got the hell out of there." Yep. Do you blame him? <laughs> no, I don't blame him. But but again. Uh, I would be like, uh, I'm done. I'm not. Yeah. I will never step foot in your ring again. And oh, try and tack on more time because we'll go to court and we'll see just how valid that is. You claim that I'm a contract employee, or I'm not even an employee. I'm contract worker. Mm-hmm. Well, let's put your contract to the test. You may break me, but. We're gonna we're gonna make you look bad in court.
3: Well, all you have to do is is wait out that ninety day clause. Shit, even or excuse me, even one twenty. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Eddie. I mean, when you really when you look at it, you can, if it's that serious, and I agree that it is, then yeah, Brian's a hundred percent right. I want my release. Yeah, you. We're going to court because if you try to stop me. That's fine, but I'm going to make you look like an idiot. And then, while you may bankrupt me, you're going to now have to answer to all the other suits that are going to happen after mine. Right. Because
2: once the first one starts, you'll get other people to be like, you know what? I've had enough. Yep. I went out. And, nope, we're going to add three years to your contract. Well, how do you add three years to a contract? That's what I would like to know.
1: That's what oh, okay, kind Harper. of
2: clauses is in there for that. <laughs> well.
1: You have to remember now, for most contracted in-ring performers, either the front, backside, or combined guarantees are directly correlated and linked to the number of appearances. So, case point scenario, when you have somebody who's out for a certain period of time, say six months, and they're contracted to four times six, 24, 24 television appearances or twenty four in ring appearances. You can tack those onto the back end saying, Well, you were out injured. Yeah, we took care of your finances. We took care of we continue to pay you during this point in time if your contract stipulates that. But they can actually say well, you missed these appearances because of injury, so we have, the, we have the right to put these on the back end of your deal and extend your contract. Now, as far as an arbitrary number, no. Case point scenario, Brock Lesnar is normally contracted, if you say six months, he may have 12 appearances, um, 10 on television, 2 on pay-per-view. Those are agreed to in advance before he puts pen to paper. Every other A-list talent and some strong Bs, and I don't mean B-plus players, I mean B-list talent, second tier. Second tier, I'll put it that way. I don't, Not meaning to sound derogatory. They are agreed to, and this came out during the Monday Night Wars. If you've ever listened to Pritchard, ever listened to Bischoff, when they're talking about different people coming in. Randy Savage, when he <laughs> signed with WCW um he was contracted for a certain number of dates during a year or 2 years or 3 years normally it was 1 year at a time so once again you don't just arbitrarily add well we're going to put 3 years onto your deal no we're going to add we're going to add 45 more dates because you missed 45 shows those were contracted appearances so we're going to um if if both parties are in accord We'll put those on the back end of your deal and you'll continue to get paid. They're not going to ask you, well, you're going to do 45 days for free. No, not going to happen. But th- it's, it's not necessarily an arbitrary number that they can do, but they can balance it out to the number of agreed upon dates and appearances. That's how they get away with it. Because it, it, Go ahead.
2: I'm talking like Harper. Or not Harper, but uh, who who's one that just recently is like I'm done, I went out, and then they're like, oh yeah, we're gonna hold you for
3: that no, was Harper six months. What was it yeah.
2: Harper? Yeah, six months. I mean that's just crazy. Let the okay. man go.
1: Well, once again, we're in Vince's. Okay, I'm gonna use Bischoff's phrase again. Vince is selling like a bitch right now. Why do you think he locked down so many people to five year contracts? Right now, when it comes down to it a lot of people especially your second tier and top tier players are contracted for anywhere between 52 to um let me see hold on 52 to 60 dates per year depending on whether or not they're brand exclusive and how intensively they're being used in storylines and programs um, you can take vacation time that's going to be bumped to the back uh, case point, when Daniel Bryan got married and he disappeared for a month. Well, how many dates was he supposed to have during that time? Well, if they want to, they can say, well, you missed this many dates while you're out doing the naked pretzel with your um, with your new wife. We're just going to go ahead and add these to the back end. You're still going to get paid for the dates. You're not going to do them for free. But bastard. once again, say what?
3: I said he's a lucky bastard.
1: Here you go. No, look what he married. Uh, not really. He ain't that damn lucky. He, may, he must know something we don't know. And frankly, I don't want to know it.
3: If you got to choose between the two, I think I would have chose Brie.
1: I just vomited in my mouth.
3: <laughs> okay. <laughs> to make
1: any reference to either one of those two, I'm sorry. And it's kind of like every time Corey Graves would dote over the bleach blonde with fake boobs, versions 88.0, Mandy Rose. Oh, it's I thought like, you were
3: talking about Carmella. Oh, my bad. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no. At least Carmella has a passable super kick on occasion. What? I said on occasion.
3: What occasion is that?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I've yet to find when it. When she wins. <laughs>
3: is she Never super kick a midget? <laughs> okay. I'm well, sorry.
1: grave. is graves. <sighs>
3: you,
2: you're just mad. You're mad because the blonde haired bimbo with the super kicks get replaced.
1: That's right. No, I called. Get- they just get overly pushed when they have no talent. Oh, uh, again, a Michaels reference. Really? Hey, hey, what the hell? With <laughs> it. <laughs> Michaels. <laughs> He's Sean. going for the
3: HBK attack. You leave my uh, balls. The, the, <laughs> the blonde hair bimbo that does the super kick, Sean. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you know, I don't make I fun of Bret Hart not being able to say a full sentence. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and oh, yeah. Well, at yeah. least
3: he can read the chart at the eye doctor's <laughs> office.
1: Yeah, buddy. Are you making fun of Robert Gibson again?
2: Nope. Shaw oh, Michaels. Rock and roll will oh, never okay. die.
3: <laughs> Sorry, Hoop. <laughs> well, hey, you know, to be perfectly honest with you, H.B.K. and Robert Gibson, they got a lot in common now.
1: <laughs>
3: he
1: should
2: just lot. stick to wearing a hat. That's <laughs> oh, all I know. They'll <laughs> <and
1: guy>. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah, but at least Robert Gibson can still work too.
3: Oh, oh snap. There see, it is. there no, it is. That's dirty, dirty, dirty.
1: Yeah, pole. yeah. At, at the end of the tag team match with Hunter and um with Hunter and HBK, HBK goes. You can actually read his lips going. I can't do this anymore, man.
3: <laughs> I mean, hey, it
1: takes time to build your cardio back up, doesn't it, kids? Yes, I know for fact.
3: <laughs> that's why. That's why you don't see me doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it right now. Stand, run the ropes. I can't. Let I me can't. flash
1: back to a previous topic. I'll give you. I'll, I'm. I'm gonna drop in two quick bombs. Number one, I about fell out of my driver's seat when I'm sitting in a parking lot during all this um, going on and I'm reading Twitter for a hot second and actually dipstick Dave did actually put on his personal account. All we have right now are unsubstantiated comments and I can't offer up and I can't really say anything until we get something more concrete. I about fell out of my chair. He who does more hyperbole in one day than CNN, Fox news, MSNBC, and everybody else combined.
3: Oh, I haven't even That's gotten pretty- to the best stuff, with it, which is him and Eric Bischoff going back and forth this week.
1: Look, when it comes down to dipstick, Dave, I'm sorry. He has no credibility in my world because of the fact he can. Cons- OK, look, OK, because of those who spent money on his newsletter. And I use the word news very loosely. But because of the duped masses who actually gave him money. That he was able to turn around and pay off people to get some type of information every once in a while. You think you get that crap for free? No, you don't. Not unless, hey, look, you talk nice about me in the new in your little paper, and I'll give I'll give you some pearls every once in a while, right, Jr.
3: Oh, see, see, why you got to take it there? Mm. Well,
1: it's been proven. He basically admitted it himself on Grillin' Jr.
3: Well, so did Vince, and so did Eric Bischoff. They used to sell him information there too. Yeah, they used to throw information to him just to keep him moving. It kept their stories going.
1: And from there, you also had where Dipstick Dave and his cronies would turn around and start putting out speculation and calling it news i'm sorry i have to agree with bruce pritchard and eric bischoff not begrudgingly but wholeheartedly when you have people like dipstick dave who's never been in one board meeting for a major or even 99 of the minor pro wrestling companies when you have an imbecile a cretin of that ilk who's never done one day of training or stepped foot inside of a ring, or promoted or anything on the business side of professional wrestling. His words don't mean Jack Blank.
4: I
2: mean, mean, I'll
3: I'll say... I was going to say, if anybody gets to break the rule, he can do it. (laughs) 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 I mean, I don't disagree with you uh, that his word just doesn't have any bearing anymore, but... Here's what he did. He got in on the ground floor with Bret Hart's deal back in 97-98. He made sure that he had the end around, and he made sure he paid the right people so he got all the information he needed. You mean and he then,
1: gave a reach around?
3: I'm not going to say what he did. But that's where, his, that's where his fame came from. It wasn't from the early 80s and late 80s and early 90s. Because, yes, he was, he was getting information from people, but these were people that wanted to see their name in there.
1: Including just, even Brian Pillman admitted it,
3: of course, and that's fine up until up to a point. That's all fine. It's when the, you know the, the head gets bigger than the rest of the body, kind of. Thing.
1: Hold on, I've got a Skype call coming in. I'm, I believe this is actually Dipstick Dave. Hold on, yes, Dipstick Dave.
3: <laughs> Give that baby its bottle. Oh,
1: I'm sorry, we won't tell the truth about you anymore.
2: I I would just love to know, like, the percentage of what he gets right out of all the daily little stories that are supposedly trickling his way
3: there for, is, like, the
2: last five years.
3: So there's kind of like a cage kind of thing, but there's a stat tracker out there that <laughs> has a percentage of the news that he actually gets right.
2: Because – me on the East Coast with no connections to any of the major federations whatsoever gets it right about fifty to fifty-five percent of the time. Rob is a little bit higher than that. I mean, it's it's not hard.
3: Oh, he's not going. You're not going to point out that I'm usually about seventy-five to eighty.
2: No, you're not seventy-five. You know or what? 80.
3: Screw you, buddy. You know I am.
2: <laughs> no, you're not. Yes, I am. <laughs> Rob is the highest because we got Rob Stradamus. Rob does pull
3: off some of those crazy ass predictions.
2: Yes. So, but you were definitely not 75 to 80. Because if you were, we'd be making bank.
3: All right. Strong 70%, I think. (laughs) Wrong. (laughs) (laughs) You don't think a good 70%? Come on, man.
2: No, I don't even think I'm 70%. I said 50 to 55, so Damn. you might fall in, like, the 45 to
3: 50 Oh, area. of course. I'm below you. Okay. Wait a minute.
1: Stan, what was that number you put out there again? At
3: least 70, at least. <laughs>
2: you know. I <sighs> mean, literally, if you were 70% accurate, the traffic on air social networks would be off the charts.
1: Admit it, Stan. You missed me.
3: It's wrestling's best-kept secret. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey! Back in the day, I was pretty good. I had my moments. There you go. Let's go in a rewind. <laughs> so I wanted to kind of pivot from our <laughs> crazy, controversial news to something that I think, even though it's a little bittersweet, um, is a little bit more upbeat, a little bit more more fun, and that is kind of a. a a spin off of what WWE's network's about to do about Hall of Famer Sting. And they're doing a behind the scenes documentary about Sting's, what turned out to be his last match and his last run um, in professional wrestling, where he took on Seth Rollins. And of course, he takes the buckle bomb, hurts his neck. And we would later find out that that is the end of, of Sting's career.
2: Hadn't that already been done? Mm-hmm. Hasn't that already been done?
3: The documentary? Mm hmm. Uh,
1: it had been done.
3: They're, they're calling it, it's being called WWE Untold, and it's called Sting's Last Stand.
2: See, now it's 30 to 32% because you don't check your references.
3: Hey, I'm checking my references. This is com. I mean, how Exclusive. much
2: difference could it be from, uh, what's the one they do like on Monday nights after Raw? 30,
1: 24, 24
3: 7. 24,
2: 7, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, it, how much different is that going to be what you just re, redid the thing? Because I'm pretty, isn't there one of those for Sting? Because I know I've already seen the story about that buckle bomb from me
1: A hundred times.
4: Yeah. Wow.
3: I guess I chose from Billy with my last segment Steve of the evening. Steve himself. <laughs> well, let me just uh, throw that one in the old round receptacle. Damn.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's been actually talked about ad nauseum but I'm on, the, on the network.
3: From Steve. <laughs> I'm All right, just well, back
2: that to the drawing out. board <laughs> we go. That's Sting. From Sting, Steve, whatever, from that guy. So it can't be too much different. What are you going to put fireworks in the background or something?
4: Sweet pyro. Uh,
1: by the way, I just got it um in from the newswire. It has been, it has been totally unconfirmed. Miles Garrett will be taking batting practice for the Washington Nationals soon. Oh <laughs> you know. By the way, congratulations to the Nats for winning the World Series. Congratulations.
3: You damn right. See, we didn't need that nice hey. guy. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm sure Brian remembers the time that I jokingly said something about Bryce being traded. Lo and behold, he ended up being traded and staying custody for a month. Oh
3: so <laughs> so I loved watching the celebrations, all the different bars and everything that they went. And there was this guy that I think he was at every single bar that they went to. And he Probably had a, he had an old Bryce Harper jersey and uh, on the back it said Bryceless. Yeah. that was the going thing they wanted they wanted bryce to be the mvp of the world series
1: (laughs) yeah they actually there was actually a um hashtag or a a floating around hashtag briceless about died laughing on that one um but yeah i mean okay look it was no it's no secret i really didn't have a dog in the fight there was a part of me that wanted washington to win because they um this incarnation of the um nationals had or that team had not won nor had they even sniffed a playoff um, series win up to this point. And then for them to go from nowhere all the way to the world championship, my hat's off to them. Like I said, there was a part of me that wanted the, the Astros organization to get their second. So it was win-win for me either way. I got treated to a great seven-game series. It had its controversy here, there, and everywhere, sprinkled throughout. And I'm. It's going to be drama every once in a while anyway. But once again, we haven't been able to convene, so I know Stan's a huge Nats fan, and I can never remember if Brian is or not. But um, my hat's off to the Nats. Great win, great series, great championship.
3: Brian and I don't agree on a lot of things when it comes to sports. That's true. But Brian's a D.C. sports fan. Mm -hmm. I I can say that with 100% confidence. Mm -hmm. Yes.
1: Also, don't know if you know it or not, but as we went live a little bit earlier this evening on Beyond Ringside Live, um, Kyle Busch won his second Monster Energy Cup Series NASCAR Championship a little bit earlier today. Um, And in one of the coolest moments you will ever see after they got through with the burnouts and everything else before they went to the championship stage, um, Kyle put his son, Rexton, in the passenger area, and they took a lap around the track, which I thought was ultimately awesome. With the championship flag sticking out the window.
3: You know, I didn't know that Kyle had won the championship, but I did see a lot of F.U. Kyle (laughs) Busch. So I'm going to guess and say that's why.
1: (laughs) Well, see, for me, it's normally a case of F.U. NASCAR because um, we had this conversation Thursday on Shooter's Gallery. Shane Knowles and I used to be tremendous NASCAR fans. And I've relegated myself to more of a passing fan of NASCAR because of the package changes, the rules changes, um, everything else, the charter system that they've got in play. And once again, it's a case of they've moved it so far to the corporate side where it's not really racing anymore. I'm 53. Before I was um, allowed onto this planet, my adopted father used to own and race at some of the small tracks around the southeastern U.S. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall during those days. Um, so, And he used to take me to some of the tracks that he used to race at. Um, the ones that were still open and available for public viewing. And so it, theoretically and realistically speaking, racing's in my blood. And I remember pure NASCAR before all the corporate sides started kicking in. And remember, I remember at that point in time in my life, it, NASCAR wasn't for everyone but also remembering that Talladega used to pack in over a hundred thousand people two weekends out of the year or two weeks out of the year. And I've watched NASCAR move away from fans like me who used to spend their last dollar to go to a race or buy souvenirs or buy memorabilia and merchandise. So we got kind of left in the dust, but for, and the reason why I go in this direction is because Kyle Bush has had the opportunity for some great rivalries in nascar over the last few years but nascar seems to squash them it's almost like vince mcmahon's theory of pro wrestling oh we don't need to build programs and feuds and storylines we just need to give people me i that wasn't really trying to be a vince mcmahon impression but you know kyle has bucked the system and he continues to be his own person. Yeah, this year, when he, after the championship was um, decided and won and he started doing interviews, he was much more mellow about his approach and especially giving um, Rowdy Nation, as he calls it, this one's for you, which I thought was a nice move on his part. Predictable, but still nice. But, you know, I understand Kyle Busch is not one of the most popular people in NASCAR. It's not fashionable for everybody to cheer him. Great. Wonderful. That's your thing but I thought it was cool. I actually had four great drivers in the final race this evening, and I would have been good if Denny Hamlin would have won his first, if Truex would have won his second, or Harvick would have won yet another cup championship. So either way, it's win, 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 win. I would have been happy with either any of those four winning. Yeehaw. Yeehaw.
3: Let's go. Let's hear it for NASCAR. <clears throat> Yay, NASCAR. All right, hey, have you guys checked out Disney plus yet this week?
2: Yes I have.
1: Did you get it on Verizon? Did you do the trilogy, or did you get it by itself?
3: Uh, Verizon for one year free?: Yep we did the uh, we did it by itself because we already have Hulu.
1: Yeah, but you could also get, if you did the trilogy, you could also get ESPN plus.
3: Yeah, but what's on ESPN plus
1: UFC. <laughs> well that's shook uh, not to mention football games you can't get on the regular app not to mention sporting events you can't get on the regular ESPN app
2: yeah like dodgeball
3: dodgeball extreme dodgeball frisbee cap- catching <laughs> championships do they still air the magic the gathering championship <laughs> wow <laughs> Remember anything you would have gotten on
2: ESPN Ocho
3: oh I gotta get Ocho <laughs> I will say that Disney Plus, and Brian and I were talking about this earlier, The Mandalorian has got to be my favorite thing so far on Disney Plus. And I say so far because there's a crap ton of stuff coming. But, wow. The Mandalorian just, that, and it's only two episodes in, and I did just finish the second one. I'm blown away, and I cannot wait to see episode three. And what are they? They're not even an an hour long. They're like 40, 45 minutes. Right. Uh, Yeah.
2: 40 minutes or so. Damn.
1: Yeah. It's made for television formatting at 46 to 48 minutes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's where it's like your times are going to be really curfooey for a while. Because until they start making true 60 minute content to line up or at least 56 minute content that's going to line up commercial free, it's going to be a little bit awkward every once in a while. Coming on at twelve forty-seven and thirty-five seconds, the Mickey Mouse Club.
3: Woohoo! Hi, boys and (laughs) girls. I'm looking forward to seeing, um, you know, the What If series. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Cap, Falcon, and uh, the Winter Soldier. I could really care less about She-Hulk, but Moon Knight seems kind of cool. There's a lot of new things coming that are really, really exciting.
2: Yeah, You know they don't start for, for quite some time, right?
3: Yeah, well, I mean, I just have to watch Endgame like 50,000 times and watch all the Star Wars movies a few times, uh, let the kids watch Frozen every now and again. I mean, it's actually a pretty easy you know, transition. I, just,
1: I have a problem with Disney right now, and this is going to sound really crappy, and I apologize in advance to everybody for this one, but until Disney also comes back and re-releases some of the stuff, from the 50s, 60s, and early 70s um, that is now considered to be taboo. Um,
3: If you say Song of the South, that's just, we're we're... (laughs) done.
1: Actually, that's one of the ones.
3: Are you kidding?
1: Dead serious. That actually had some cool stuff in it. I was a kid when that came out. I did not, as a child, nor later in life, put any real racial connotations to it. I thought it was entertaining. Well, at that stage of
3: the game, you were too young to really do it.
1: And also, I also got older too and a little bit wiser, and my eyes opened a little bit more. See, I'm not one of the. Okay, this is where I get in trouble big time. And for everybody listening, Fast Study Lane, lay Y and E over on Twitter, I don't care. Come at me, please. I dare you.
3: Oh, you said, come at me, bro. Okay, I'll you know, do this come one, one me, time.
1: Bro. I'll <laughs> theory, this would be the only time you ever hear me do this. How about that? Catch yeah. me outside. What
2: the hell? <laughs> What just happened it's, here? It's the cash me outside, girl.
1: Yeah, I'm probably about as big up there as she is, too. And meanwhile, back at the ranch. Hello, ranch. You can't offend me. Nobody in the this planet, I'll say it, nobody in God's creation can genuinely find a way to offend me.
2: Hello? <laughs> i <I'm> give you,
1: Ryan. <laughs> we'll try it off air, please. Look, the I'm project. from Att- Wait a minute. I am of Italian and American heritage. Guess what? The first, what sound does an Italian tire make when it's flat while going down the road? The answer? Oh, geez.
3: Come on. Come on. I mean, look.
1: No, I mean, that's one of the first Italian jokes i would ever heard in my life. I'm the the one who'll look you straight in the eyes as I tap my arm right around the elbow and go, Prego, it's in there. But see, people allow themselves to become offended by things. Now, I was personally offended as a wrestling fan by the Katie Vick crap, but as an individual, no, not really.
3: Oh, great. Now you took us back to Katie Vick. It's come full circle. <laughs> Damn it.
1: Yeah, she was really stiff in bed.
3: Oh, 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 boy. Let's not lose our heads here.
1: The belt is still
3: blue. <laughs> <laughs> Guys are the
4: worst.
1: Um, okay, tell you what then. I'll corral us back in yet another direction. Okay. Which match is going to steal the show one week from tonight at Survivor Series? Which, better yet, will it be the women's triple threat, Lynch, Bailey Baszler? Or is Styles, Nakamura, and Strong just going to leave everything else in the dust?
3: Oh, I think Styles, Nakamura, and Strong is going to make everybody wish, wish that WWE would do this all the time. Not to say that the women's triple threat won't be good, but when you really take a long, hard look at all three of those guys, all three of them have something to definitely prove. And And all. And not not like to prove to Vince, like to prove to the wrestling world. You know what I mean? Like, they want to prove that they are the top dogs in their field. And, I mean, you could say that for Becky and, and Bailey and. Uh, Baszler. Baszler, thank you. And maybe that's true. Maybe it is. But Becky and Bailey and Shayna Baszler, all of them are going to have their time. They're still so young in their careers. But Roddy and Nakamura and AJ, these are three old salts that, nah, <laughs> they have very few opportunities to really show out.
1: Alan, he just called you old. you going to take that from him?
3: Oh, wait, what, huh? Nothing. <laughs> Don't do that. That ain't funny. I'm not calling him old, but I mean... Guys, veterans, you know, when I say old salts, I mean it in the regard of grizzled veterans that have been there, done it, bought the T-shirt, come back, and did it twice. I mean, these are guys that have more than earned their stripes. They've earned my stripes, your stripes, their stripes, all of them. And for this kind of a a matchup, outside of WrestleMania, which is the biggest show that WWE has, this is going to be their their probably biggest point where they prove, nah, it's my world.
1: No, it's just the longest <laughs> WWE has.
3: Well, I mean, granted, it does start Tuesday and end on Sunday night. but
1: Pretty much. Now, Brian, I will ask you this question. Um, slightly, slight variation. Styles, Nakamura, and Strong. Match of the year candidate or runaway winner if it's done right?
3: Normally, I'd let Brian answer this question, but his internet has crapped out. Oh, okay. Yep. He just texted me and said that he can't seem to get back on. So I would have to say that he would probably say AEW rules. Uh, screw Vince McMahon. And what the hell was your question?
1: <laughs> Pretty much. Where's my dang Okay. Um,
3: <laughs> go ahead. If you don't mind, I'd love to give a take on that question, but go ahead.
1: Styles, Nakamura, Strong match of the year candidate in and of itself or if it's done right runaway winner
3: Mm, i think it's going to be a definite candidate but if it's done right it could be the winner period like this is one of those matches where if they don't vince it up and they just let these guys go if triple h just tells all three of them here's who's winning i don't care how you get there get there We'll have a classic. And it won't matter if it's Dave or Brian Alvarez or ringsidenews.com or whatever site you want to go to, you'll have an unequivocal, unequivocal, yeah, there we go, uh, <laughs> agreement across the line that it's match of the year. If they don't vince it up.
1: Another one. How genuinely uncomfortable were you watching Moxley Omega lights out?
3: Um, You know, I'm actually glad you asked that. And unfortunately, since Brian's not here, I don't have to listen to him get upset. But here's the reality of that match. While I wanted to see these two have a great match, and they did, um, as soon as the, the, the glass came out, the sugar glass or whatever it was, I was instantly turned off. That and the mouse traps on the board. Um, but I'm not a fan of hardcore wrestling. I never really have been. I mean, ECW had its moments, and, and in its element, it makes sense. But frankly, I think that is one of those things where AEW is best to stay away from. And I think if they really want to continue to make their mark, and they're making a great one at, at, while they're doing it, um, they just stay in their lane and stay away from the deathmatch crap. Because once you get past a certain point, and I've said this for years, Eddie, you've heard me say it, folks that have heard me with, regardless of whatever show or network, you can only do so much in a death match till finally somebody has to die. Yeah, true. And it's sh- it, it it's not to put down the athletes that are having these hardcore matches. Some of these are great, and Mox in Omega was great. All the way up until they got to the point where they gimmicked it up with the stupid mouse traps, Which didn't even go off the right way, by the way. Yeah, I know. And I'm like, come on. That just looks dumb. Then, they get the glass out there. Now, I already thought that the Jimmy Havoc thumbtack mouth thing was crap. You're not really going to put thumbtacks in someone's mouth. This is, it, Okay, look. CZW has probably done it. But that, this ain't that.
1: IWA Deep South.
3: Yeah, exactly. You're not going to take light tubes and smash it over someone's face.
1: Get IW Deep South.
3: Exactly. But the moment that happened, and I was like, the barbed wire broom was funny to me. That's where it cracks me up when Brian says he doesn't like sports entertainment. That was sports but entertainment.
1: The barbed wire bed was a little bit uncomfortable.
3: Very, very. And that suplex into it, because you've seen all of the legitimate pieces of what happened with the barbed wire leading up to that point. So they built it right. That finish was happening that way. They were headed to the big, but that should have been right.
1: But see, actually, we've done that before. Okay, when I was working with IWA Deep South during Carnage Cup up in Tennessee, Nathan Hamilton, good friend of the family, good friend of the Beyond Ringside Radio Network, the man I pinned with the nickname of the Mad Scientist of the Ultraviolent, created a using a full sized bed frame as in full-size bed, um, created a barbed wire bed. So it's funny because I'm watching that match unfold. I'm seeing them head for the barbed wire bed. I'm sitting back going, Nathan,
3: (laughs) gimmick French match. Well, and the thing is, like, while I get the need to push the envelope, man, this ain't 97 anymore. You're not breaking new ground. Just because it's the first time seen on uh, TNT, hey, this is also the same network that showed Goldberg. basically ripping his tendon out on television when, and when he rips his fist through the windshield and then pulls it back out, pulling a piece of glass out with his other hand. So you're literally, are watching tendons get pulled out of his body. Like that was nasty. Then of course, this is also the network that also replayed Sid's leg break 50 different ways from Sunday.
1: Only fifty. I think you um, underestimate that number, sir.
3: Yeah, man, but th- this is the thing. Like we've also we've seen Kennedy get shot. We've seen Thiesman's leg snap on Monday Night Football. For any fan that's older over the age of thirty-five, it's been done. Oh, uh- <laughs> I mean, you know, it's all been done. It. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of hardcore wrestling. I think um, Mox is a better performer. Than what his hardcore stuff shows and what pisses people off the most is because I'm the guy that'll tell you that Dean Ambrose was some of the best wrestling Moxley's ever seen. It's going to make people mad because Dean Ambrose didn't have to have hardcore matches to be great. But I felt like his matches with AJ Styles were great. Could the finish has been better? Sure. But that wasn't his fault. He did what he was told. The the whole thing between AEW and WWE and all these fans going back and forth saying what's better and what's not, what people forget is these guys are only as good as what they get told to do.
1: What they're allowed to do.
3: Exactly. You know, you're going to get CM Punk come out on Tuesday on WWE Backstage, and guess what? He's going to be pro-WWE. You know why? Because it's a WWE show. Yeah, thank you very much.
4: It's all
3: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's the truth. If he had did AEW Dark, okay, then he would have run WWE into the mud and below, and he'd have been, AEW's the best, because it's his job, and it's what he's getting paid to do. Same reason that Taz, when he goes to AEW Dark and does commentary. The same reason that, you know, um, Jim Ross does it. When Jim Ross was in WWE, it was, <laughs> I love WWE. Now he's in AEW. Oh, AEW sucks. I love AEW. Of course. You know, these guys get pissed when Jordan Miles is supposedly victimized, but they're not willing to be pissed long enough to actually do something about it. They'll still turn on Monday night. They'll still turn on Wednesday night for NXT and for AEW and for SmackDown on Friday. And they'll still come back with the same argument. It's what they do all the time. It's played it out.
1: When MJF turned, finally, the, oh man, there went that damn word. I wasn't going to use it in that, in that part of the sentence. When MJF kicked Cody in the crotch. Did you look at the screen and go, finally, or did you go, finally?
3: Right. Well, I felt like, I felt like the turn was forced because you just did all this work to get him over as a good guy with Cody. You finally got him in a good guy role. And, and again, this is where Brian would go nuts. But Brian thinks that you know we're all past good guy and bad guy. No, we're not. No, we're not. Wrestling was built off the premise of good versus evil. Sorry, that's what people pay to see. It, Arnie Anderson said it best. When you start getting rid of the dragons and the dragon slayers, why are we watching? We want to see a white hat and a black hat. Guy in a white hat is a good guy, black hat's a bad guy, period. It's the truth. It's, it's not just wrestling gospel. It's gospel for drama, period. It's what makes people watch. So when they did the whole turn with MJF, I'm like, no, not yet. Not because it wasn't coming. I think we all knew it was going to happen. But more because of the fact that you did all this really good work to put him in that in-between role where he's only a good guy for Cody. And you could have held off for as long as you wanted. But because you felt like you had to give the fans what they wanted. And this is one of those lessons that I think AEW is going to learn the hard way. Because you felt like you had to do what the fans told you to do. You turned immediately. And now, Cody is left hanging. He's got to stay in the back. Because who, are, are you going to tell me that Cody and MJF now has just as much magnitude as it would have been six months after Cody loses the title because MJF cost him the title?
1: No. I'm going to tell you that it, lost, it loses magnitude because when you finally have the AEW Brigade versus the Inner Circle in a War Game-style match,
3: which they're already teasing,
1: and then MJF turns on Cody and costs that team the win, then that feud means something. Catch my drift?
3: I do. I do. I think that Wrestling as a whole and wrestling fans as a whole have become spoiled.
1: Oh, wow! The, well, welcome to my my side of the coin from uh, about three years ago. <laughs> well,
3: and and now, hey, in my defense, three years ago I was in a different realm. You know, three years ago I had a little idea, but not much. And I'm by no stretch of the imagination an expert. But yeah,
1: but I you know, work in the business.
3: Yeah, and and this is what kills me. I mean. I'll say it now because it's safe. <laughs> and if Brian ever listens to the replay, I'm toast. But Brian likes to go at it from saying their business has evolved to a point where there's no longer good good guys versus bad. you know. Well, and he works in the same business that I work in. I'm like, dude, no, it's not. Because it's still, for every Roman Reigns that you hate, there's 4 million people paying in London to watch him beat somebody's butt. So while you may have a point that you don't like him, You're not the demographic they're asking to buy it anyway. So they don't care about what we think regardless. They do care about what the kids think.
1: I'll give you this one to consider. The last stand of John Cena against Roman Reigns. Yeah. You had both gentlemen in their respective promos taking shots at the other. You have some of those that are completely and totally anti-Cena.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: You have some of those that are completely and totally anti-Roman Reigns. It's not for the factor that one is a heel or a baby face. It's for the fact that at one point in time, certain fans finally got pissed off to the po- Man, would you please quit shoving this jackass through my throat? much less down it and that's why i mean because i will never forget god i can't remember the year but i I will always remember the promo because it was after a i think it was mania where cena defeated triple h to retain the ww the federation title Mm -hmm. and it was the year that um edge and foley oh
3: that's 23
1: okay that's 23 damn what are we three years in the future oh wrestlemania 23 yeah where edge and foley went through the flaming table yes well you know they come back out the next night and hunters oh my god and lo and behold edge brings up the idea after dude i would have kicked your ass just for saying it too bling <laughs> bling <laughs> it is not bling bling. <laughs> you're hip-hop bling bling ass did you just say bling bling I'm gonna whip your ass for that right now. I still remember that promo to this day. It's still one of my favorite moments. It's the little things in life that keep me amused. But remember, at the end of that segment, John Cena himself said, uh, "You know, I may I may not be I may be a dumb son of a bitch, but I'm the I may not be the smart son of whatever, but I'm a tough son of a bitch." Y'all want to y'all want to get me in a um, because there are people that um, can't stand John Cena, and the crowd, you know, went in that direction. Mm
4: -hmm.
1: But you know. Yes, that legendary battle of good versus evil still matters. Because for as much as you had people popping at the idea of how Roman Reigns was getting his shots in on Cena and John Cena was doing the spin doctor stuff and turning the words back around on him. You have just as many people who want to be offended, who want to be pissed off, not offended, I'm sorry, bad choice of words. You want to be pissed off. When somebody kicks somebody in the nads or pulls out an illegal object or does something to screw somebody over to get um, to let the right person or wrong person win, people still respond to that. It doesn't just stop because J.R. Ewing was the best heel ever in television, followed up by Joan Collins back on Dynasty. People watch reality TV for someone to like and someone to not like. People watch wrestling for someone to get behind and someone they hope gets left behind. Never thought of that till just now. I like that phrase. Make a T so (laughs) I'm gonna buy myself a screen print system for T shirts because pro wrestling tees and companies like that can just KMA.
3: I mean, it's, well, those, the t-shirt companies are all at work anyway. Of course. It's just sad.
1: We need you to have 20,000 Twitter followers and 193,000 Instagram followers before we'll even consider your account.
3: Well, okay. they, they didn't want actual, you know, grassroots wrestlers to, to try to get a following and sell shirts. Yeah, I know. Because they knew that every, every person and their cousin was going to create a shirt account after that, which, hey, by the way, that's the point. <laughs> you want to be a independent t-shirt marketeer, but you don't want to actually make independent t-shirts. No kidding. That's why they hitched their wagon to New Japan, and then they hitched their wagon to WWE cast-offs, and then they hitched their wagon to AEW. Yep. Sorry, guys. Uh, your business model is kind of obvious. It's already on your page. Yep. Oh, boy. We're coming up on the end of it. Uh... Boy. Uh, we got Survivor Series coming up. We've got, um... Thanksgiving coming up. Gosh, we're coming up on that happy time of year where our schedules all go bananas. Um... Let's see. You can find on c2cradioshow.com right now links to the most up-to-date episode of NWA Power, which continues to be a compelling television program. Um... And by the way, my pick for the standout star of 2020, Ricky Starks. That's my pick. Yep, that's a guy you got to watch because he is something special. Also, I will say this: while I'm not huge, huge fan of uh, of uh, Eli Drake, I do like what he's doing. I really do. Um, and I'm not saying I'm like not a fan of the guy. He's just he's never been my favorite. If that makes any sense. But I really like what he's doing in NWA. Um, Trevor Murdoch, uh, just to make sure we're putting something in here, looks great, but he could stand to get in better shape because he looks like he's blown up two minutes in. Uh, Stan? Sir.
1: Eli Drake is doing the same thing in the NWA that he did in Impact that he did in Championship Wrestling from Hollywood.
3: Oh, he's yeah.
1: damn guy, <laughs> and I love it. And I love it.
3: I like what they're doing with Camille. I like what they're doing with Nick Aldis and Camille. Um, I've never been a big Nick Aldis fan, not you know. a hater, but I like what he's doing. He's, he's grown a lot and his improvements are huge. Um, week eight, by the way, for NWA, or excuse me, week seven for NWA power, supposed to be a big, big week. So make sure you tune in this week. We'll have it up on Tuesday. at uh, six fifteen ish. I'll try yeah. to get the link in there as soon as I can. It's six Oh five when they air it, but I usually am upping it when I'm at work, so <laughs> I'll put it up there as soon as I can. Um, I love that NWA supports all of us wanting to support them. As long as it links back to them, they're cool about it, so great. And I'm not trying to make money off of them. I just want them to do well. You can catch up with Rob on Twitter at RobHefnerC2C, and he is at Rob Hefner on Facebook, R-D-H-U-W-P on Instagram. Brian is on Twitter at strcp. 21. Again, I always forget that. Um, And then, of course, Brian Taylor on Facebook. The show can be found at C2C Radio Show. That's C2C Radio Show on Twitter. Corner to Corner Show and Corner to Corner Wrestling on Facebook. Corner, the number two, then Corner on Instagram. And, of course, our website, which you guys have been awesome about, C2C Radio Show dot com. And, of course, with our good friend Mr. Edward R. Lane, or Eddie Lane. (laughs) (laughs) uh over here at the beyond ringside radio network which has been nothing but supportive and helpful for us which we i don't say it enough to you eddie but we definitely appreciate all that you've done to help the show so uh what do you got going on Where can going catch up with the beyond ringside crew
1: at beyond ringside on twitter one word run it together beyond ringside.com pro wrestling net. Uh, to everybody who was trying to listen in through the websites this evening, I apologize. We should have gotten out the word a little bit sooner. That our primary focal point is the Beyond Ringside channel on the TuneIn mobile app and TuneIn website. You can also catch replays through a number of different sources, including radio.fm. Um, good Lord, there's, some, there's actually 13 different ways you can listen to the station in and of itself. Uh, for me personally, at Fast Study Lane on Twitter. Yes, I'm actually giving out my real Twitter address again. Um, also, Facebook.com slash Fast Study Lane. And I will go ahead and put it this way. Um, by the way, for those in my home market of Birmingham, Alabama, feel free drop by Friday nights, 9 o'clock Central Time, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings and Alabaster. I host the karaoke there. My schedule in the world of pro wrestling is done and complete for the calendar year 2019. I'll make my returning um, calendar 2020. Um If I manage to say anything to offend anybody at any time, I thank you for paying attention. Glad to see I can still get something right every once in a while. But by the same token, if I did offend, ask yourself why. Stan?
3: Yeah, there's tons of uh, people out there right now choosing their spots when they want to be offended and when they want to be protective over themselves. Um, And frankly, it's kind of an annoying time right now. Because when, just because Jim Cornette can say something that makes the whole world cry doesn't mean that Jim Cornette is wrong, and it doesn't mean he's right. It just means that we've got to all grow a little bit thicker skin.
1: But I'm not a performance artist, dammit! I'm a pro wrestler! Okay.
3: See, I kind of am of the camp of, I kind of agree that it is performance art, but it's also a sport. I'm cool, can I can understand that it's both.
1: Yeah, but when you're Jordan Grace, you can get away with that because she's hot as the day is long and knows how to work a match.
3: Plus, she'll break us in half if we don't say what she wants us to say.
1: (laughs) I don't care who she's dating. I love her to death, and I would take her to Hawaii at the drop of a hat. And by the same token, I would also find a way to find her qualified opposition so that she can actually display the fact that she is... A better in ring performer than a lot of her matches have shown because she doesn't. Ma- um, there's some people that she's been put with that just aren't that great. And even she can only carry a match so far.
3: Absolutely agree. Um, let's see. Eddie pointed it out last week. We'll uh, re emphasize it. We will most likely not be on the air next weekend. SummerSlam, excuse me, Survivor Series. Plus, as we get closer to the holiday with Thanksgiving and everything, we all got different plans going on. So, we will be here back again on the weekend after Thanksgiving. Uh, That'll be the Sunday evening. I'm getting heckled. Yes, it'll be the Sunday after Thanksgiving that we'll be back on the air live and in living color. Uh, The site will continue to be updated regularly as well as breaking news, broken news, Jeez, I can't talk all of a sudden here. You can tell when we're nearing the finish line. Yeah, buddy. Uh, With that, I want to thank everybody for their continued support. Saw a huge, huge uptick in uh, Apple downloads, so thank you for that. And, of course, Spreaker downloads are growing. It's a great, great time for Corner to Corner Radio and the Beyond Ringside Radio Network. So, Thanks again, and we will see you next time right here.
1: Hold on. Before you do that tag out. Um, for those of, and Stan, you are invited to come join the party next Sunday night, just before Survivor Series. I believe it's going to be 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. No, hold on. 6 Eastern, 5 Central. Stan, you're invited to join myself and Mark Mabo Bowman for Beyond Ringside Live as we do the final pre-cap before some. Um, before, sorry. Now you got me saying dog.
3: <laughs> summer Summerfest. <laughs>
1: oh, my name is Mike Adam Lee. And actually, I can't make fun of Mike Adam Lee. He was going through major health and um, health problems as well as mental situations. So yeah. uh, when I make fun of Mike Adam Lee, it is nothing but love for your brother. I mean, and pure respect that he was able to carry himself as far as he did while he was dealing with the demons that he was. But just before Survivor Series next Sunday night, everybody is um, invited to join us um, for Beyond Ringside Live. Yours truly, Mark Mabo Bowman. Stan, if you're able to join it, you're more than welcome to join the party. Um, You can catch us throughout the usual sources. Tune in um, radio.fm and all the other different methodologies. Check out beyondringside.com for upcoming show information. That, My turn.
3: That My turn is, Scatterbrained. Wow, that is a lot to throw in there. One of these days, hopefully, I can become just even half as organized as you are. Because I don't know how you do it. <sighs> well, awesome show tonight. Thank you again for listening. And I might take you up on that. Um, we'll see what's going on this uh, for Survivor Series that night. But... Until that time, we will see everybody again right here. Same bad time, same bad channel. BeyondRingside.com, C2CRadioshow.com, Spreaker.com, and all points in between. This is Corner Corner Sand. We'll see you next time and have a great night, everybody.
1: Likes are clear. All right, switching headsets. Okay, I'm back.